Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brady's Corner. I'm Brady, and this is my corner. Uh, welcome today, Zena Stryker. Uh, she is an architect. She's going to be um, sharing a little bit about herself and her endeavors and what she's doing uh, for the architectural community. Welcome, Zena. Hi. How are you, Brady? Doing great. Doing great. Um, I love love the background. It looks uh, uh, very um, um, a, a lot of stuff going on, um, and uh, <laughs> I would love to learn a little bit about um, you know a little bit more about you. It seems uh, you are not only in architecture but uh, all sorts of design and kind of fully integrated there. So we'd love to hear more about what you got going on. Sure. So what's behind me is a um, rendering of something I designed for the Atlanta airport. So this is a clothing store. Basically, the investor came to me and said, Zena, I have money, don't know what to do with it. And I said, hmm, maybe Good we problem. should get to the Atlanta airport. You know, yeah, that's a great problem. So the Atlanta airport is one of the best places to have a business, whether it's food um, concessions and beverages or uh, sales. So I came up with the concept. Um the way that this was designed, I actually was a model in a music video for the rapper 2 Chains. And so while I was on set modeling for 2 Chains, I noticed that the mock setup was a little similar to this. And so I just had it in my head. So I said, hmm, maybe I should turn that into a store. And so I actually designed it very similar. And then we put it in our portfolio and pitched it to the client. And she said, yes. So yeah, we do a whole lot of cool stuff. We do... Um, Commercial design, airports, restaurants, uh, childcare facilities, experimental designs, Airbnbs, and we do our residential as well. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, and then um, you also, uh, you said you also do um, have a furniture line. I'd love to hear about that. Yes, I have a furniture line called Striker Accents. Um, what's so unique about Striker Accents is it's very, very sexy, eclectic furniture. So we have some cool things going on. Like we, um, okay, do you remember the the movie A Christmas Story? I think it was where the guy had the lamp with the sexy leg. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, you'll shoot your eye out. Um, and he had this lamp that he just loved. It was a woman's sexy leg. So it kind of came to me when I was looking at that lamp and I was like, hmm, I, I would love to create a furniture line very, very gaudy like that. So I have like wallpaper that's made out of fishnet stockings. I have like the sofas that are very, very um, uh, sexy with the lip shapes, heart shapes, things that like, I guess, conversation pieces. So it started out with... Um, furniture design for restaurants in Beverly Hills, Hollywood, and Las Vegas. But after a while, some of the clients actually wanted the furniture in their homes. So I was oh, wow. like, wow, we can, we have that range. So that's what Striker Access is all about. And then are you able to talk about that one thing you have coming up? <laughs> yeah, I can talk about it. Um, a while ago, the... Um, the number one network for design shows approached me for a design show. And it let me know that everyone on that network was either a builder, an interior designer, or a realtor. And I just, I was like, oh my God, the cognitive of dissonance. You mean to tell me there's no architectural firms with a design show? Like, how did that even happen? You know? And, you know, I was letting them know, like, uh, if, I, if I do the show, I want people to understand what it really takes in real life in terms, in terms of schematic design, design development, construction documents, construction administration, 
the real deal needs to be here and they need to know how many people it takes. We, we never show MEP, mechanical electrical plumbing. We, they never show that stuff. So I'm like, this has to be done, right? Because I have a reputation at home. So they actually allowed me to interview my producers. They, they rarely do that. And so I can't say the name of the producers, but the producers that I initially hired was the same producers as the Property Brothers. And um, things were cool, but after like nine months, I noticed they really just wanted to stick with residential because they kind of had to. And I was like, that's just boring. I'm sorry. I, I can't be another boring design show that people's grandmas watch, you know, or is playing while they're waiting on their prescription at the pharmacy. Like I, that, that can't happen as in a striker. So I still have a phenomenal relationship with the network, but I'm deciding to shop and go to other networks that will allow us to show like what's behind me and the cool things that actually help people get a faster ROI because residential is is okay but that's not where you're going to get that huge fast opportunistic ROI it's just not so let's talk about that um you know the the ROI uh for for newbies for you know maybe not the type of investor like that uh you know um um brought that opportunity behind you in your background like saying hey I have money to burn but let's say you know um husband and wife out there with um, $100,000, $200,000 to invest. What type of investments are you seeing? And I know, you, you know you're not a financial advisor, but you know in the real estate arena, um, what type of, of things are you seeing as the, the most immediate um, ROI and, and best ROI for somebody? Is it new construction? Is it um, you know renovation? Uh, what, what are you seeing out there? Sure, Brady. Um, the easiest thing to get into is just basically finding property that's in pretty good shape and then just buying it and getting a tenant. And there are six major cities that's the easiest to do that in. Chicago, Illinois, Washington, D.C., Boston, Massachusetts, New York City, um, Miami, Florida, and Los Angeles, California. So if you're able to find property, no matter big or small, and um, the most that you may have to do for value add is the kitchen and bathroom. The biggest part is getting a tenant. And being that the population is so high in those cities and there's such a demand, you're going to get your money back faster than anywhere else. So I do recommend that you start out in your neighborhood. But if you're looking for something really, really fast, it's going to get you a tenant fast and you can jack up that price quickly. I recommend one of those six cities. So on on the the creative side, when you have that property and you're doing the the renovation on that, what what are what what's the the biggest bang for buck um, as you're going? Oh, in there? right, the biggest bang bang for buck. Yeah, it, I would say like the whole rental Airbnb experimental thing, and the prom queen of Airbnbs right now are the four bedrooms. I don't four know. Bedrooms. Yeah, I don't know exactly when that started, but that's what's in demand the most. It's what everyone searches for. That's what everyone is willing to pay a higher price for, and it's the four bed bedrooms. Oftentimes, when people go on vacation, whether it's a short stay or long stay, they're looking for some type of, I guess, Jack and Jill's type of situation because it's groups where people want 
to have four bedrooms and enough bathrooms so that everyone isn't huddled up at the same time getting dressed so that they can get out the door and have their experiences. So if you're looking to uh, get into Airbnb, you want to go after the four bedroom, something that I really think you should look into is um, a theme. So I know I had a birthday party and I wanted my girls, we wanted to do a Barbie Airbnb. We looked all over for Barbie Airbnbs and we only found two um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and it looked like crap. Just because you take a bucket of pink paint and put it everywhere, not even the same Barbie has an official color of pink. Okay, by the way. And so you you put pink paint everywhere and you say this is a Barbie Airbnb and you want to charge us $500 a night. Absolutely not. It didn't even look like Barbie lived there. Okay, so the concept has to be a working concept. Okay, hire an interior designer or an architect that can bring it to life. I'm trying to tell you, it will be booked out for um, Toy Story Airbnbs, Barbie Airbnbs, Beetlejuice Airbnbs, anything that will be Instagram worthy that people will come and say, oh my God, have you seen bedroom number two? The backyard really looks like such and such. Pirates of the Caribbean Airbnb is going to stay booked out simply because people want to show other people, look where we stayed. This place was so cool. So I highly recommend you getting an interior designer or an architect and just bringing that concept to life. It'll be worth it. I love it. That's great advice. Um, thank you for that. Now, once you've, you've got the four bedroom home um, that, that you're, you're planning on purchasing or purchased, um, say it does need renovation, aside from the concept, you know, what, and in that in particular, what's the biggest bang for buck? If you've got, you know, renovation budget of uh, $20,000 um, or something like that, um, or, you know, I guess that's the first question is, do you see, um, you know, what, what's kind of a, a goal for a renovation budget um, when, when you do have, say, that four-bedroom home? And then once you have that, what are the things you really want to target, the top three things? Um, the top three things, of course, you always want to um, target the kitchen and the bathroom. That's the bang of the buck because those are the intimate areas. Um, you want to eat and cook in a place that's clean and you feel comfortable. You also want to use the bathroom where you clean your body. Of course, that needs if, if you want to go into something and come out clean, the place needs to look inviting and clean itself. So the bathroom has that nasty grout and stuff. No way. And I tell people all the time, getting those little towels and the smaller the towel, the more the grout. And grout is going to eventually look nasty. Okay. So you want to get bigger towel. You want things to look very cool and clean where if, if everything goes to hell, you can just take a water hose and just blast the whole bathroom, you know, because some people just don't care about your stuff. You'd be shocked how people will leave your property. So you want to be able to just hose the whole bathroom down if you can. So I just recommend setting up that kitchen where it's like the amazing kitchen to cook in so think of like a cooking show you know where people feel like they're chef ramsey or you know um what's the man that says bam um <laughs> i forgot his name but i, I don't know <laughs> yeah you just want to feel like you know a chef for a day because people it's all about the experience and another thing that people forget all about is like People want to go to hotels, but oftentimes there's no pool for their children or their dog. So oftentimes they're like, I wish I could find a hotel where my toddler could swim in peace or my dog could swim. So they start looking for Airbnbs with these things and they can't find one. 
I promise you, if you add a kiddie pool in the back that's in ground for a toddler or a doggy pool in the back that's ideal for a dog, oh, you're going to have some, some unique property that everybody's going to be looking for because people travel with their toddlers and dogs and the toddlers and dogs can't have the, the time of their life. And that's not fair, you know, but um, make that available and you'll have that unique selling proposition. That is great advice. And, you know, um, you you had mentioned before, it's it's really about not only identifying the correct architect or designer, but going ahead and looking all the way through to the GC um, and property management company or property manager, uh, whether it's a company or person, and really just, just doing your homework. And once you have that team established, you're off to the races, right? So um, then you can get the next property and the next property or be happy with the five that you have or go from there, right? So um can, can you talk a little bit about identifying what is what what's what are we looking for in a good property manager and a good GC? Well, you know, teams, I swear, teams is just like architecture. It's like building a bridge. You know, it doesn't matter how strong the pieces are for a bridge. If they don't have those pin rigid connections, the whole bridge is going to fall. You know, so you can get the best. GC over there, the best architect over there, the best property manager over there. And if it's all a bunch of egos and they do well alone, guess what? The bridge is going to fall. So it's like you have to, it's it's very similar to like when I'm when I'm acting. I've seen some actors come in for an audition for a TV show and they're great. But at the end of the day, it's going to take like two years to film this movie or two years to film this show. Do I want to deal with this person for two years? And they're great, but do I want to deal with them? Mm -mm. you know so you sometimes the the best actor doesn't get hired for the role and it's like that with architecture so I tell my client all the time like we work for you you know who do you think you'll best work with who answers the phone like how was their tone in the emails are they nice nasty with you you know um who do you see yourself working with because we're going to be married to each other sleeping in the same bed for a long time Okay, so you have to make sure you like these people. In terms of like property management, that's who's going to be running your business. I mean, that person has to be more excited about your business than you are, you know? So let's say you get into the boutique hotel business. Anytime you get a phone call Saturday night or morning at like 3 a.m., it's not good. Someone has gotten drunk and done something. Someone has some, I mean, something has happened. Do you want to get out of the bed and go deal with that issue? No, you need to have enough money set aside to pay someone else to handle that situation. Because if you go through developer burnout or investor burnout on those early properties or investments, you're not going to make it to get rich. You're not going to make it to hit a million. So you have to find a property manager that has those soft skills, those technical skills, that's going to be able to do it. Um, very um, personable. So when people check into your boutique hotel, they remember like, oh, that's Brady. You like Mai Tais, right? We got your Mai Tais sitting over here waiting on you. And then now Brady's going to go and tell everybody else about this amazing boutique hotel he stayed at. It was so different. The front desk remembered him. You don't get that experience at a Hilton or a Marriott. Or, I mean, don't get it twisted. I've designed those hotels for years. So no disrespect to them. But 
when you have that property management team that gives that experience to your tenants and your clients, that is so worth it because people are going to market for you and tell other people about it. So if you're getting into something that has a bunch of doors, whether it's an apartment, hotel, you have to have the money set aside to hire a passionate property manager is so important. I appreciate that advice. And I know everybody else uh, here will as well. Um, let's let's circle back uh, quickly to um, what got you into architecture and, and what you're doing now and, and the creative aspect. Um, I think we saw a little bit about that when, when you're talking about coming in, not only the project behind you and, and, and the furniture um, line that you have, but also in, in the theme of some of these uh, residential stays. And um, can you can you share a little bit about that? Sure. So growing up, my father had this grand plan that I was going to be an architect. Why? I don't know. But that was his grand plan. So I would play with like um, Legos as a girl. So I'm talking, I was born in 1987. So Legos were like black, green, red. You know, I was the only one doing this crap, right? So all of my, my friends had like Barbies and stuff. And the only time I really wanted the Barbies and stuff was to make a community. So I knew I wanted city planning and things like that as a kid. And I always had like the biggest imagination. Like, I swear, I know every catchphrase from, from Nickelodeon. Like, you put the screw in the tuna or like who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Like I love experimental TV stuff. So I always wanted to go to Universal Studios. I always wanted to work for Disney. I always wanted to be on Nickelodeon. I was addicted to Nintendo. Anything with Super Mario, I just loved seeing someone's world being brought to life. And I don't know why I've always been that way, but I just was always that way. So I was like, I would just watch movies and see things that others didn't see, like Pirates of the Caribbean. I would be like, oh my God, who designed that set? And I, I mean, I would be like a kid saying this stuff and everybody's like, Zinni, you're kind of weird. I'm like, no, I'm going to be rich one day. You're just slow, you know? <laughs> so um, I would do things like FBLA, SkillsUSA, TSA, all those competitions um, in school, art competitions, and then I decided to go to college. And so I was getting all this mail from Georgia Tech. Um, there's not many colleges that have accredited architectural programs. So for those who don't know, there's a five-year accredited architecture program that you must graduate from, accredited by NAB, in order to go intern and get licensed. So um, I'm getting all this mail, and then this one piece of mail stood out to me because I saw Keenan Ivory weigh-ins and all of these like celebrities and they all went to this school called Tuskegee University. So I look at Tuskegee and I see the history of the architecture program. Slavery stops in 1865. And then in 1881, they start a university. How? <laughs> How? And not only do they start this university, they make the bricks themselves. They do this combustibility test, make the bricks, make sure they can withstand fire. And the way they paid their tuition was they built the campus. They actually built the campus, did the roofing, did, and like, I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I think I want to go to Tuskegee. So when I went to Tuskegee, the same buildings that they actually built was where our architectural studios were. So I'm in these buildings that's like, built in 1881 and I'm learning from previous slaves you know like 
how to, by any means necessary, become an architect. So um, architecture school is tough. A lot of people don't know it, but it's one of the, the retention rate is very low. I think we started out with 56, only uh, six finished. Um, wow. When people say, yeah, when people say go back to the drawing board, it's because architects literally draw all night. We have to plan out when we're going to use the bathroom, when we're going to eat. It's just, it's a super it's stressful, stressful program. And I'm just so happy to have completed it and finished and be able to talk to you guys. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Um, let's see, you know, and so in just 16 years, they built or started building the university, or I guess had to have something built uh, during yeah. that time. That's amazing. Um, yeah. that, that gives you goosebumps, gives me goosebumps. Um, yeah. So, and then you went on to Auburn, right? Uh, yes, Auburn is right next door. <laughs> so we had a great relationship with Auburn. So Tuskegee's here, Auburn's here. It all used to be one city, but um, <laughs> this crazy thing with um, segregation happened because when that university came, they were just like, uh-uh. <laughs> so they made their own county so that they controlled the, the vote and they started Auburn there. So while I was at Tuskegee, we would always go to Auburn for food, drinks, partying, Walmart or whatever, um, because Tuskegee is pretty underdeveloped. And so um, we would go to Auburn and share their library. And so it's very common for Tuskegee graduates to go to grad school at Auburn, whether it's architecture, veterinarian or, or whatever. And so I was cool with everybody there. And I decided to go for a master of real estate development. And the reason I chose to get a degree in it is because you can ask a lot of developers to help you. I want to get into development, this, this, and this. And they'll, some of them will say, yeah. And then you don't hear anything back, you know, and it's like, what's going on? Well, a lot of them, number one, they're just busy. They're not trying to you know, be rude, they, they're just out in the field and they don't have time to teach anyone. Also, if you are going to get more minority incentives um, from them, they might not want to share any information with you, but it would be smarter if they did because we could team up. I, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That, that's the smartest way to do it. Because like when you're dealing with the airport, a lot of the bids have to go like 50% minority. So you can use your wife or you can use someone that's from a minority race. But I just noticed that I didn't feel like continuously trying to pitch myself to a mentor. I said, screw this. I'm just going to pay a university to teach me because I'm tired. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I did. And I highly recommend Auburn's real estate development program because it is a professional program. You're not cooped up in a dorm with the students. You're in a hotel. You only have to report like four times a year. The adjunct professors are rich and they know what they're doing. We have the same curriculum as um, Harvard University, Princeton, MIT. And um, our field trips are amazing. We go to Dubai and you know amazing places like I think four times a year, two-year program, knock it out and you have a membership with the urban land institute so i highly recommend auburn's MRED program that sounds like such a fantastic experience yes i uh, thank you thank you for sharing that yeah i know real estate development for me and um you know a lot of the the folks that, that we we talk to on a daily basis is uh, uh something that that we love uh as a subject and and uh industry so uh thank you so much for joining us at brady's corner and uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. And Zena, thank you so much for joining today. 
Um, before we jump off, would you share a little bit about how people can uh, stay in contact with you and uh, see some of your, your projects? Yes, Brady, thank you so much. So if you're looking for me, you can definitely visit my website at xenadesignfirm.com. Whether that's residential or commercial, whenever you book with us, you get a free pair of Oculus goggles because we give you a virtual walkthrough of your project and that comes with everything that you book with us. So go to xenadesignfirm.com. And if you're looking for me elsewhere, just Google hashtag architect bay. Love it. Thank you so much, Zena. Appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you next time.